Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. And we're actually on time for once. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lore Lodge. I'm hoping you can all actually hear me. Um, but we have zero viewers in the queue, so we're just going to hang out for a second, I suppose. <laughs> um, is, that, is that the point of the stream is starting screen? Yeah, essentially. To let people... Um, this was... We were trying to see... I was trying to see what would happen if I, I like, set it up in advance. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, still no viewers, though. Oh, no, we got eight. We got eight. Look at that. It's just lagging. I oh. love Streamlabs. Anyway... For the eight of you that are here, welcome back to the Lore Lodge. Uh, as you can see, Aiden did not suddenly become a female. Um, he is just away on uh, business dealings in another state. Uh, I don't know exactly what he's doing, but... He didn't tell me. Well, I, I would assume so. But anyway, Kat's <laughs> with me now. Hi. Um, <laughs> and also Archie. He's having the time of his life. Really, it's Archie that's replacing Aiden here. Yeah, I'm just um, a seat for Archie and to provide pets. Guess who in the building? Oh, it's Canadian Jesus. What do you know? Um, so, as the uh, as the title of the the show suggests, uh, tonight's topic is going to be Freemasonry. I might have an extra long Q and A on this one, and just start that earlier rather than going to it towards the end of the show. Um, I'm also trying to decide whether or not I should turn the microphone volume up. I don't know how well you guys can hear me, but, uh, we'll, we'll see if there are any problems with the stream as usual, please let me know. But, um, this is, this is going to be a good one because I, I actually sat down and reread some stuff and went through some research and there were some, just some amazing stories associated with Freemasonry, um, <laughs> involving like all of the attempts to, to shut it down, to, defame it uh and to to make it into something it's not so i we're gonna we're gonna dive into that um and i'm i'm gonna start off by uh first of all thank you cat for actually doing some research on the topic i asked her like an hour and a half ago <laughs> if she could come and, and fill in and she showed up asking me questions i didn't know the answers to i am i am just a researcher it's, it's what i do it's what i like i like to have facts so I'm really excited to talk about this. this. is actually like a super interesting topic to me personally. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. Um, ever since I first watched National Treasure um, and fell in love with Nick Cage, I've just been just so interested in Freemasonry. So. And the funny part is, I remember when I joined, that was the question <laughs> that they asked. They were like, so what got you interested in Freemasonry? And this was... <laughs> and you said, <laughs> Nicolas Cage. No, no. <laughs> So, uh, this was probably April 2020, um, so the world had just shut down. Yeah. Uh, I was graduating college, I didn't really know what I was going to do with my free time, and I, uh, I called and I asked, and it took about a year for me to actually get through the process of becoming a Mason, because the lodges were all shut down, mm -hmm. but one of the first things they asked at, uh, they do a preliminary meeting with you to try and figure everything out, you know, why are you, why are you, why do you want to be a Mason, and, and whatnot, and, uh, they were like, oh, so what got you interested? And I went, I'm going to be perfectly honest, uh, as the pandemic was like starting, my friends and I were sitting uh, sitting in my living room watching National Treasure, <laughs> and I noticed all the Masonic symbolism, and I was like, you know what, I I'm, I'm curious, I want to know what this is about. And uh, so I sent a, an email to my local lodge, and they got back to me, and um, 
you know, a year later I was doing all the, uh, all the initiation stuff, which is certainly, um, certainly an experience, but, uh, one that afterwards you're like, oh, that was actually all really cool. But like, it, it's one of the, and even, uh, the people I was joining, like the, the people who were in charge of getting me through the process, mm-hmm. they were like, this may all seem weird and confusing like now, but after you, after you become a master mason, like it'll all make sense. It all, it, it all suddenly, you know, clicks, uh, especially the, the terms that they use. They're like the sublime degree. Mm-hmm. It all sounds very 18th century, but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, it was a national treasure thing. I was like, you know, that's really cool. And I'd done a paper that's on the Templars in college where right. I read something that was by Freemasons talking about the Templars. And I was like, this is all so cool. So we are going to dive into that. Um, and I, I want to start this off by, uh, you know, setting the scene here for exactly when Freemasonry came to be. Because the Grand Lodge of England was founded in 1717. 1717. 1717. Um, but that is not the oldest in lodge. I uh, it's the oldest one. I, it's the it's the first Grand Lodge, the oldest Grand Lodge. But the oldest lodge that we know of was in Moose. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it in English, but uh, Musselburgh in um, in Scotland, ah. and that has minutes from 1598. Oh my gosh! And the oldest operating lodge in the world uh, is from. Oh hi, Jeep Medic! Thank you for becoming a supporter. I appreciate you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the oldest lodge in the world is is Musselburgh. But the oldest operating lodge, like to this day, still holding meetings, mm-hmm. is uh, Edinburgh. Really. And it was. We have minutes. The earliest record we have of it is 1599. Oh my so gosh. It is ancient. <laughs> like this is a this is over 400 years of, of history at this point. Um, and interestingly enough. They they didn't get in trouble uh, until a very specific moment in the 1780s when a certain other group of people started using Masonic symbolism and started uh, using the same degrees and names and uh, terms. And that group is one that everyone is probably extremely familiar with in terms of conspiracy theories, which is the Illuminati. Dun, dun, dun. So we'll get into all of that. We'll get but... Illuminati. Oh, good God. Oh, there is an uh, account on YouTube called Illuminati. Oh, no, there isn't. Yeah, there is. And she, she made a video about me, like, you know, calling really? me all sorts of names. Like, yeah, for, no. for talking about Wendigos and shit. Like, I was like, come on, man. You're out here with the username Illuminati, that and, was and such you're a coming fun, after me. Such a fun name wasted on such Yeah, there it, it was terrible. funny. Hate there... to see it. Hate to see it happen. There were a lot of comments on that video that were along the lines of like i usually like your content but this was a major miss and i'm just sitting there like mm. <laughs> the lord lodge stands <laughs> that was like this was probably august september so this was this was a while ago you know she she was way ahead of where i am uh, i think she still is actually in terms of followers and whatnot but yeah so uh the the earliest masonic lodge is that is still operating is in Edinburgh. And the important thing to note there is that uh, Scotland for, especially in that period of history, uh, had not yet adopted Protestantism. Mm. Um, Scotland was Catholic. 
So there's a long tradition of the Catholics being anti-Freemason. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to note that Freemasonry started, like, you know, in in full in a Catholic area. Uh, but over time, it grew. It spread all throughout the UK. Uh, the Grand Lodge of England opened in 1717. And the from there, it spread to the Americas. It spread to France. And there were some differences. Uh, French Freemasonry is not quite the same as, as English Freemasonry. Um, the there's German variants, but uh, you know around around 1776 uh, there was well in 1776 there was a particular issue, which was that a man by the name of I believe Weinhaupt in Bavaria decided he didn't really like what was going on with Freemasonry. Uh, he felt that it was too expensive, and that he did not like uh, how they were opposed to um, speaking about religion or politics in the lodge. And so he decided, you know what, no, I want I want this to be a more active organization. Okay. And he went on to found the Bavarian Illuminati. Mm-hmm. And the term Illuminati is ancient, it goes back to Rome. Uh, and Illuminati is essentially the the th- this is this is a, one of those times when linguistics is interesting because Illuminati is uh, Point for point, by definition, the exact same as the word enlightened mm-hmm. as a noun. Okay. So, enlightened is Germanic root. Illuminati is Latin root. They mean the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I get uh, it. So, it makes sense. So, it's, and it rose out of the enlightenment period. Like, there's nothing surprising <laughs> here. Like, but everyone thinks that it's, when you say the Illuminati, you mean this one specific thing. No, there are various groups throughout history who call themselves Illuminati, just meaning enlightened. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeking the light, perhaps it, you might say they're seeking the light. It's almost like they got their name from Masonic <laughs> ritual. Um, but yeah, so there's a there's a, a lot a, a lot with that that um, that that can definitely be discussed. But I still want to stick with the uh, the early the stuff here because mm-hmm. another one of the, uh, the the Illuminati symbols that gets brought up a lot is the uh, the all seeing eye, the eye of providence, mm-hmm. and that is. A uh, Masonic symbol, yes, but it was adopted by the Illuminati afterwards, if it ever was. We actually don't know, because there's no attested like use of the all-seeing eye by the Illuminati. There is of the Freemasons. They adopted it in 1797. The United States adopted the all-seeing eye as an emblem and put it on the dollar in 1776. So the the all-seeing eye was was adopted as a symbol of the United States on July 4th, 1776. First. The the day that the first draft of the declaration was signed. Um, which also we we celebrate July 4th. Mm-hmm. Um that is not the day that the declaration of independence was signed and ratified. That was I think August like 2nd. Um but I, I don't know why we do July 4th. Particularly, it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like Cinco de Mayo, Fourth of July, exactly something just, a something. No, it's a little something a yeah, something up in there. Yeah. <laughs> if you say anything in an Italian accent, it's just roll off the tongue. Like, that's, <laughs> it's you know, true. It's true. What what can you really do? With we got that cases? special sauce. <laughs> oh my god, the special sauce. Yeah, the gravy, as they call it in Philly. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's a South Philly special right there. Oh, that is something I've had to explain to so many people. Like, why do they call it gravy? You're in Philadelphia. I don't <laughs> understand. You're not going to. Um, so, just on the, on the list of topics I want to discuss as we're kind of going through this, um, you know, some, some terminology that's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the the masons, the Freemasons, grew out of operative masonry. And what operative masonry means is exactly that. It was actual stonemasons. They they were real masons. Yes, they're the the that was their. So job. the story goes, <laughs> the first Freemasons were actual stonemasons. Okay. And they started these lodges as part of their guild system, mm-hmm. um, essentially to you know do do mason business. And sometime in the late 1500s, this switched over, became speculative masonry, as we call it, which was people who weren't actually stonemasons joining these Masonic lodges for the discussion, for, oh, for the social aspect. For the, for the chitter-chatter. Yeah, it was, you know, it was like joining a fraternity. Uh, and over time, the ranks of speculative masons far outweighed the ranks of operative masons, and that's how you got the the system we have. But that comes out of the medieval guild system because when you would join a guild, uh, you would start off as an apprentice, and okay. over time you would work your way up uh, under a master to become a journeyman. And a journeyman was essentially the the, the middle frame here. You were authorized to work, um, but the guild set the prices. Uh. So. The, and this is this is why I think uh, it's it's fun to talk about the history of capitalism because people have no idea what what life was like before capitalism. Um, your guild set the prices. It was kind of like a trade union, but worse. Um, <laughs> Go on. Yeah, and it, it's, what they would do was they would be like, "All right, all the masons in the city can only charge this much, and you can't undercut each other." So it was. It did a great job standardizing the quality of work, mm-hmm. but it also severely undermined um, people who were exceptionally talented. Okay. So if you were exceptionally talented as a journeyman, you had one option to, to raise yourself up, and that was to become a master. Okay, that third level. Exactly. So, interestingly, the, the earliest uh, masons didn't have master masons. It was entered apprentice and fellow craft. Fellow craft literally just being an english version of journeyman okay um so it's like you're learning how to do it and then like you can do it and that's it and eventually over time they decided you know what we need we need a third rank we need master masons and they added that in um and so when you hear people talk about the degree system and masonry uh what you're usually hearing about is craft masonry which is the uh the the first three degrees and what we call blue lodge because the lodges are literally blue um <laughs> so creative yeah we're great about these things uh so yeah the, you got your blue lodge and that's entered apprentice fellow craft and master master mason is the highest rank in freemasonry not just craft freemasonry freemasonry in general gotcha and everyone seems to think uh judging by my tiktok comment sections that uh, i'm just a low-level mason I don't know what I'm talking about. Once I get up the ranks to 33rd degree, that's when I have to sacrifice my soul to Satan. Um, I hate to tell everybody, but uh, unless they chose to do it of their own volition, no Mason sacrificed their soul to Satan. Um, (laughs) That's that's like being like cross qualified, you know, in like masonry and witchcraft. Exactly, which I'm sure some people are, you know. Uh, I'm I'm sure. Like getting a dual degree, you know. Yeah, double major. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus. That's how the first one started. They were double majoring in stonemasonry and philosophy, and they were like, yo, I could make a, a fraternity out of this. I was going to say a religion, but you can't. Um, mm. It's not a religion. 
my gosh. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just, so that's the terminology that people need to know. Uh, once you get past York Rite, you're getting into Scottish Rite, or not York, sorry, Craft, craft Masonry. You get into York Rite and Scottish Rite. Uh, those are separate, and the way it kind of works is they're almost more like merit badges in Scouts. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got your 4th degree, 5th degree, 6th degree, 8th degree, on and on, up to 32. Uh, 33rd, a lot of people are like, ah, 33rd degrees, you know, those are the evil ones. But in reality, that's an honorary degree that doesn't involve a lesson. Um, okay. Every single Masonic degree that you get involves a lesson that is being taught about morals, virtue, um, any of that. And in York Rite specifically, you do have to be a Christian. Uh, craft masonry, you don't have to be a Christian. You just have to believe in a supreme being. And Scottish Rite, I don't know nearly as much about because I simply have not tried. <laughs> but Cat, uh, you could not become a mason. I could not become a normal mason. What kind of mason could you be? I could be a co-mason. And where'd that come from? I'm quizzing her on her research. Uh, I believe uh, it was I in the 1700s. Um, I know there was a French woman who was a very famous co-mason, and I'm blanking on her name. Uh, but was it out of the French Masonic Is that the French? Yes! Yeah. It was the French! It began in the 1890s with Le Droit Alright, alright, 1890s. But, you know, it was still pretty far back. It's not It's not like a, this happened, you know, 10 years ago. No. Because Me Too happened, and then, you know, we had to create our own masonry. And I think you're thinking of uh, Maria de Ramey. Okay. Was she um, the... She's one of the co-founders. Co-founders of the co-masons. Yes. So, the thing about co-masonry, um, it is not recognized by any Grand Lodge. Um, and it's not because of the female aspect. Why not? Then, so, if not the female aspect, it is essentially that they uh, they don't hold to the same moral framework. Um, so the the issue here is that in regular craft Freemasonry, you absolutely must believe in a supreme being. That can be uh, Yahweh. That can be God. That can be Allah. That could be. In some cases, I've heard of people who uh, are Norse pagans. And get in. But French co-masonry did not require belief in a supreme being. Hmm. And still doesn't to this day. So, interestingly enough, that's it, it has nothing to do with the women aspect. Um, it's entirely that r disregard for a supreme being. Um, now, it could have something to do with the, the female aspect. I, I don't know. But, uh, for example, in my lodge... Uh, as long as it's not like closed business of the lodge, which even if you're not a master mason, like if you're if you're not a master mason, you're not allowed in the lodge for certain things. Mm -hmm. um, but there are certain uh, speaking events and whatnot that we'll do where you'll have a uh, an open meeting and women can come in and non mason men can come in. And then of course there's Order of the Eastern Star, there's Job's Daughters, there's Rainbow Girls, uh, all of these appendant orders. Uh, and then for kids there's uh, the Order of Demolay. Uh, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on here, but I wanted to bring up Order of Demolay specifically because one of the uh, themes of Freemasonry is that it ties back to the Knights Templar. Mm -hmm. And try as I might, as a historian, I cannot find the link. 
I I know I'm supposed to uphold it as a mason, but I cannot find the link. It seems to be purely symbolic. I feel like most things in masonry, in Freemasonry, are entirely yeah. symbolic. And that's, it's a lot of symbolism. Um, the symbols run deep. It's a lot of Bible symbolism, especially. Uh, you know, we, again, things I can't actually say, but it is inherently tied to the Bible. Um, and, and I say I can't say it, but there's, if you get yourself a copy of Duncan's Ritual of Freemasonry, you can actually read up on all of this yourself. Um, it's, it's all in there. All, pretty much everything shy of Knights Templar as a rank is openly published and you can get it on Amazon. But that stuff, not so much. But the Knights Templar aspect of it, I find fascinating. Uh, because... The, the Order of Demolay, Jacques Demolay, was the last uh, Grand Master of the Templar Order. And the Templars, the way they did things, um, was they had your squires and your knights mm -hmm. and your masters. And they also had uh, sergeants and you know non-knight brothers who had different responsibilities. But amongst the warrior monks of the Templars, you had three degrees. Amongst the Stonemasons Guild, you had three degrees. And amongst Freemasons, you have three degrees. And you can trace that system back at least as far as the Crusades with the Knights Templar. And there's certain stuff that gets involved here, specifically with the Temple of Solomon. We trace back a whole bunch of stuff to the Temple of Solomon. Mm -hmm. uh, down to, like, certain code phrases. Um, and my... My my version of this, what goes through my head when I think about what could have happened, how might we have gotten here, um, is that the Templars, when they got to Jerusalem, started doing excavations under the Temple Mount mm -hmm. and found some stuff that might have been buried for a long time after the Jews were expelled from Jerusalem. Ooh, um, hidden treasure. Exactly. Uh then they might have taken that after the fall of Acre in uh, 1292. 1292, I think. Uh, they might have taken what they found, whether it be physical or knowledge or whatever, back to France with them. Mm -hmm. And then there's two possibilities after that. Because in 1307, um, King Philip III of France declared the Templars to be heretics and blasphemers and had as many of them as he could um, tried. Now, only a few were ever actually executed. Yikes. Most of them were sent to become part of other orders. The Teutonic Order was still doing its thing in the East, okay. uh, killing all sorts of Lithuanians. Um, whole thing there. A lot of people are like, oh, the Crusades were just, uh, you know technologically advanced white people beating up on brown people. No, nope, they were beating up on less technologically advanced white people as well. Um, <laughs> just a whole lot of, like, bad stuff going on. Just a whole lot of bullying. And they were doing it for the Lord. In the name... In the name of the Lord. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but, so, th that's... What's so interesting about that is that uh, the, the Templar Order was officially extinguished um, by 1314 with the execution of Jacques de Molay. Uh, and there's a few questions. What happened here? Did they completely cease to exist? Did they go somewhere else? Uh, it seems like the latter is probably the truth. 
even though we don't have great historical evidence for it. But, deep underground. well, the thing is, if they had killed all the Templars, then you would be able to say, all right, well, we have no evidence that it continued. It's done. It's over. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. They only killed most of them. <laughs> in France. <laughs> there were Templars. <laughs> <laughs> they only killed most of them. In France. <laughs> Go on. Anyway, the... <laughs> The Templars in Germany were unaffected, the ones in Britain were unaffected, the ones in Spain were unaffected, and the ones in the East were unaffected. So, the ones in Germany and uh, the the Slavic countries probably went and joined the Teutonic Order. Okay. Because they were basically doing the exact same thing the Templars were doing, just they were doing it in Lithuania. The Spanish ones actually were allowed to continue existing. There was a Templar Order that existed in Iberia between Portugal and Spain that just kind of carried on as the Catholic Church's accepted version of it. Okay. And it lost all its teeth. Uh, the Knights Hospitaller eventually got shut up in Malta. Um, Interesting. Which, you know, because the, the Ottomans just drove them out of everywhere they possibly could. <laughs> um, but the Templars who remained, there's one spot where they just seem to completely disappear. And that is England and Scotland. Hmm. There's also suggestions <laughs> that perhaps they uh, escaped west, like all the way west to Take America, west. and <laughs> perhaps did in fact bury treasure deep beneath the ground somewhere in uh, you know colonial America. There is no evidence of that whatsoever. Unfortunately, it's a really cool story, but. Uh, we would have found swords, armor, something. Would we have? Unless it's, unless it's like National Treasure, where it's down there and well hidden. But we don't have any structures from that early that are European in design. So we don't, we don't have any evidence. Um, and Europeans pre-gunpowder seem to have a very, very hard time with uh, America. shockingly yeah they did not do a good job of uh not losing wars against the native americans Mm -hmm. so the templars to america story as exciting and enticing as it is probably not true but in the uk the templars if we if we say the freemasons and the templars are directly connected now there's only a 185 year gap between the first Freemason lodges mm-hmm. and the fall of the Knights Templar. So that's a much more manageable historical mystery. You know, that's then you only have to examine that time period. And when you do, what you find is that there are significant numbers of Templar knights who just vanished, went into the woodwork. Hmm. Could they have operated, continuing to do their work under different terms absolutely what were the templars known for protecting the temple mount and probably excavations within it Mm. if the templars were going to pick any anything at all to base a new secret society on it would probably have to do with the temple of solomon and it would probably have to do with the people who built the temple of solomon and so there's no written evidence for it, 
But the only thing that makes sense when you look at it, if you're going to connect these two dots, right. is that the Templars who survived in Britain decided to keep up their traditions, keep up their rituals, keep up their philosophies, and go into something else where they would be able to be recognizable because they had the same profession and because they had the same symbolism. And that place is the Medieval Stonemasons Guild. And I think the, the, the possibility is there, to say the least. What do you think? Do I, does that story make sense? So are, there, the, are there flaws in my logic? So the first... Let me, let me make sure I'm getting the history right. The first Freemason Masonic Temple that was not entirely operative that we were cringing with secret society-ness. Mm -hmm. That was in 1500. 1599. 1599-1500. 1599-1500. 1599-1500. 1599-1500. 1599-1500. 1599-1500. 1599-1500. 1599-1500. 1599-1500. 1599-1500. 1599-1500. 1599-1500. 1599-1500. 1599-1500
some speculative elements and some symbology or you know symbolism and all that crazy stuff in in the actual operative masonry guilds as well Mm -hmm. and and find evidence of that and that is where my expertise on the subject completely runs out and all of my (laughs) questions begin Um, because i have no idea i'm I, i know that i've been told that there are continuations and symbols and things that have remained from that period of the middle ages all the way up through the modern day and they're like look at this but the thing is i haven't seen the evidence of it myself and that's why i opened this entire section with i can't find a legitimate (laughs) historical link so i have to go to like the fiction author side of me to be like what would be a cool story what would be a cool story what would be the the coolest way that this goes and that was (laughs) that was what i came up with was like you know a few people meeting in the dark in secret and being like we must preserve the rituals but how well nobody would think about the stonemasons um it's a good story. And then for like 400 years, people just blamed the Jews for everything. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, uh, maybe all the secrecy wasn't even necessary. They just had to divert. Um, they, yeah, they were, they were thinking outside the box. Yeah, but it's, what's, what's so interesting about this is that uh, the, King Philip's motivations were very clear. Mm-hmm. He owed the Templars money. Um. He did not want to give the Templars that money. It always comes down to that, doesn't it? And something something clicked for him. He went, uh, hmm. I owe them money, but they already have a lot of money. I could have their money if I set them on trial for blasphemy. Because <laughs> the way that Inquisitions worked was that the Catholic Church would do the questioning uh, and they wouldn't torture anybody. The Catholic, Church, the Catholic Church never killed or tortured anyone during the Inquisition. Really? Not once. But their secular partners actually just absolutely did horrible <laughs> things. So the Catholics were able to wash their hands of it and be like, oh, well, I just asked the questions. Gotcha. Now, the sheriff may have put you on the rack and stretched you until your bones popped and you, uh, you know, confessed to anything we said. And then we took all your property and gave it to the secular authorities. But we didn't. We didn't hurt you. And that is, to this day, the Catholic Church's defense of the Spanish Inquisition. Um, <laughs> but Inquisitions existed much earlier than the Spanish one, which was 1478. You know, you got the, the Albigensian Crusades in the 1200s, where uh, where you have one of the most badass but awful quotes I've ever heard, which is from uh, one of the French commanders when they took one of the Cathar cities. Uh, one of his sergeants came to him and said, how do we know who, who is Christian and, and who is Cathar? How do we know who to, who to let live? And the man said, uh, kill them all, God will sort his own. Which, badass, but also not very chill. Um, not something Jesus would say. No. Uh, Jesus would probably be like, let them all live. God will sort his own. Um, but French people doing bad things. Isn't that just a trend in history? Um, <laughs> France. France was a mistake, no just comment. like Ohio. No comment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are we coming for Ohio now? This, uh, go, coming for Ohio is just a facet of this show at this point. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Ohio. Let's, uh, let's is, go after It is them. flat Pennsylvania. There is nothing <laughs> good about Ohio. There is a video on this channel 
where it is just straight up like me just slandering Ohio for four minutes straight because um, it was part of a video about a town in Ohio. Um, but I, I brought up the point about the Pope because the Pope was the one who made all of this possible. Um, it would take 400 years for 450 years for the Pope to do that again when in, uh, I believe, 1787, he excommunicated every Freemason. Mm. said, if you remain a Freemason, you are not allowed into heaven. Get uh, the heck out. Now, the thing about Freemasonry at the time was that it was most prominent in England and the continental United States, so none of them really cared what the Pope had to say. <laughs> uh, in France, however, things had to change and evolve and adjust, and that is why French Freemasonry is so radically different in some ways from... Um, American and English Freemasonry. Mm. Now, the reason that the Pope came after the Freemasons was because a different secret society was causing problems, and that was the Bavarian Illuminati, hmm. who were founded in 1776, the same year that a much better organization was founded, um, that being the United States. Uh, hey, hey, let's go. Yeah. So the Bavarian Illuminati were founded on the principle that the Masons actually were a very enlightened group of people who were not using their talents and gifts for the best, and that if they were to work together and take over and reset the world order, life would be better for everybody. Uh, the Masons pretty much, pretty obviously were like, <laughs> that's a bad idea. Um, how about none of that? Uh, especially because this is an organization where one of the core uh, necessities of being a part of it was that you believe in a higher power. Uh, the Bavarian Illuminati wanted to eliminate the existence of the state, the church, religion as a whole. Uh, they were essentially complete humanists. They didn't want anything that was a higher power. They just wanted, I mean, you, you could almost call them like proto-communists, but they were worse. Mm. Um, you know, it's it, it was the complete dissolution of all power structures not based inherently upon merit. Um, and they saw themselves, of course, as the the, the ones with the most merit. They were the most enlightened. So that didn't go well for them because not only did the uh, Freemasons push back aggressively and uh, kick them out of all lodges and, you know, publicly denounce them, uh, the Catholic Church also excommunicated them. And then um, the uh, Duke of Bavaria, if I remember correctly, his title, actually expelled them from Bavaria. So within the so course, they were, they were causing so much ruckus. Everyone was like, they, "We gotta, you know." It just gave secret societies a bad name exactly. altogether. So they they ruined the fun for everyone. Mm -hmm. And the the systems they used to root out the Freemasons from Catholic countries mirrored almost exactly what they did with the Templars. It was accusations of heresy, of blasphemy of, uh, you know, usury, of um, sodomy. They, they threw the kitchen sink at them. They were <laughs> like... And, and this is one of those times where I'm like, look, I, I understand if you're trying to hurt something, you know? If you're trying to, try, trying to dissolve something you don't like, you, you will slander it. Mm -hmm. But you've got to do it within reason, you know? Like, you can't just be like... 
If hey, you don't like hey, something, you can't hey, be like, hey. No, we don't know what's going on behind those closed doors. Hey, this hey, person is is abusing their, their partner <laughs> and kicking puppies and uh, eating caviar made from rare fish. Like, you can't hit them with everything. You gotta, like, <laughs> pick a couple of things and stick to them, you know? And so that's part of what happened with Freemasonry. Uh, the, the Catholic Church didn't really have much of an effect on it. The Bavarian Illuminati were crushed. Mm. But the Freemasons, because they were so centered in non-Catholic regions were able to come out of it okay for about 40 years. Um, when a man by the name of William Morgan oh no, started causing problems for Not everybody. Billy Morgan. So, William Morgan, um, one of my favorite people to get mentioned. Uh, here's here's what, I, what I took down about him. Um, so, to, to preface this, William Morgan was a known liar. Um... Like, even before he talked... Just all around, like, a scuzzy dude. Not a good dude. He's yet. got a gross mustache, I'm imagining. He's got, like, shifty eyes. Can, kind of smells bad. I can pull up a picture of William Morgan for you. Here we go. <laughs> um, I can't I can't wait to... Yeah, so, um... Oh. Like... Oh, no! Yeah, uh, he, he was not a good-looking dude. He had, um... Not, not four, not five, but six head. Um... <laughs> You guys can't see the picture, but uh, this is a man who is balding, and his glasses are up here. Um, First of all, he has glasses. Lame. Yeah. (laughs) So so I'm burying burying the lead a little bit here. She has glasses, too. She's not wearing them. I do. I do. uh, She's she's like, I'm going to look hot for the show. She told me earlier. She was was like... She was like, I did my makeup. No, you didn't say anything. I did. I said nothing. I wake up Um, like this. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. I know. I know what you look like without makeup. Um. So, anyway, start this off. William Morgan. William Morgan, gross dude. Gross dude, known liar. Uh, married a nineteen-year-old when he was forty. Um, and then proceeded to neglect them in favor of gambling, which he was not good at. Um, very it's, bad at gambling. Are Lost you saying that it would be mind. okay if he was really good at gambling? I mean, if he was really good at gambling, he might be able to provide a good life for his wife and kids, but he was bad at gambling. No one's good at gambling. The house always wins. What about uh, the one dude, um, Dan, Dan Bilzerian? Bilzerian? The guy who won a bunch of money playing poker on the internet, and now he has models all over him. He's the guy who had that TikTok sound where he said uh, that he gets oh. top tier pussy. Yeah, that guy. That guy. Still gross. Still gross. <laughs> Still gross, Still but gross. good at gambling. Go um, so anyway, <laughs> he had two kids with her. Uh, they they were neglected considerably. Uh, one of his most famous um, gaffes was that he uh, told his buddies up in New York, he was born in Virginia, but he went and spent some time in New York, he told everybody that he received a battlefield commission uh, elevating him to the rank of captain during the War of 1812 from Andrew Jackson himself. Wow. I uh, there is no record of that battlefield commission. Um, in fact, there's no record that he ever served in the army at all. <laughs> there are several William Morgans on the militia rolls from the War of 1812. They okay. do not match his age, um, and not a single one of them was elevated to the rank of captain at any point. So there is no evidence that William Morgan ever served in the army. Um, following his not service in the army, he went north 
to New York, and then even further north to Canada. And during his time in Canada, he, according to him, achieved the sublime degree, became a master mason, um, which really not a very hard process but the thing about it is uh it's it's very very well documented okay masons are painfully meticulous about notes like i will tell you guys if you've ever been like oh i'm gonna sneak into a masonic meeting i bet it's gonna be so exciting no no it's not (laughs) you're gonna sit there for up to four hours while you talk about the most mundane things possible and and I say that as somebody who does this of my own free will. <laughs> um, it is mostly talk about budgeting. Uh, lots of great charity work, but mm-hmm. long meetings where not a ton of stuff gets said. Gotcha. Um, so, did William Morgan become a Mason in Canada? There's no record of it. Not a single little bit of record. Uh, if he had become, at least, if he became a Master Mason... There should theoretically be not only the documents stating he was a master mason, mm-hmm. but also his uh, the documents stating that he had paid his dues, that he had achieved the rank of fellowcraft, and of entered apprentice. We have none of these. Not a single one. Um, when he go- went back to New York and told them that he was actually a master mason, he then went, uh, they-, they let him in kind of cautiously. They were like, we don't really believe you, but we'll see how this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went uh, to a neighboring town. And joined their Royal Arch Lodge, which is York Rite. I am a fourth degree Mark Master Mason in the York Rite. Um, again, not a very difficult process, just time consuming. I really honestly didn't know what level you were yeah. in, in um, the Masonry. I, I well, want to I, I be higher, but like, <laughs> it, it's kind of, again, this is like, people are like, oh, Masons run the world. And like, you can't even organize a dinner. You, you think that we're, like, you know, orchestrating the, the war in Ukraine. Meanwhile, we're like, ah, uh, so we doing that pancake breakfast on Sunday or nah? Like, that's <laughs> literally how it goes. Um, we actually have a really good Worshipful Master right now that is very communicative. I, I'm very happy about it. Um, and Worshipful Master does not mean we worship the Master. It's just his title. He's Worshipful. Like, he's full of worship. Ah, he he's is not full being of worshipped. Worship. Yes. And he is a master. Yes. Um, which, in York Rite, theoretically, you have to be a worshipful master before you can... Like, it makes sense. Like, etymology-wise, like, yeah. like, like cheerful. You're, yeah, you're, exactly. You're a person that is full of cheer. You're and not you, someone who gets cheered on. Exactly. And you got to remember, all these terms are from the 1700s. Oh, yeah. Or earlier. Maybe old. So, like, like nobody would call anything fellow craft now. <laughs> That's not a that's not a modern word. No. So you know, back the, a lot of this terminology, people are like, "Oh my god, it's it's so secretive and satanic." And but no, it's just old. Like you're just you're talking about old words from an old time. Um, it's like read read a read a King James Bible, and you will understand everything about why Freemasonry sounds the way it does, because it's the same language. You know, it's a lot of these and thous and dies. And it's frustrating, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, so Morgan, uh, joins a Royal Arch Lodge, says he obtained the six degrees that he needed to get to the rank of Royal Arch Mason. Uh, they believed him for some reason, and, uh, then 
everything went wrong when he tried to open a Royal Arch Lodge in Batavia, New York. Okay, so wait, wait, wait a minute. This guy just catched me if you can his way through yes. a whole bunch of... Yep. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you're, you're from New York. Do you know where Batavia is? I do know where Batavia is. So he tried Batavia. To, sure. I, uh, Batavia. So he tried to start <laughs> a, uh, a Royal Arch Lodge there, which is uh, York Wright, you know, uh, degrees up through, I think, six or seven. Um, and he needed the consent from the local craft lodge. Now, they had voted him out of the lodge. Mm. So what he did was he went and became a Royal Arch Mason somewhere else, and then tried to come back and assert himself over them. They didn't like that. So, uh, the sheriff of the town was a Mason, and the governor of New York was a Mason, and um, basically everybody of importance was a Mason, and they kind of went, we've had enough of you go away. Uh, Morgan went to a publisher and told them he wanted to write a book <gasps> exposing Freemasonry. A tell-all. A, a tell-all. And uh, they offered him half a million dollars. That's like in $5 billion dollars in today's... What, what is that, actually? I don't today? even Did you know. look it up? I haven't oh even looked God. it up. It's obscene. Here, okay, look, it, look it up on your phone while we All talk. Right. But, uh, yes, yeah, so they offered him half a million dollars. Half a million in what year? Uh, 1820, I think. Now, part of the problem here is that Morgan, despite being offered all that money, um, managed to blow the advance immediately, gambling, um, and not finish the book in a reasonable amount of time, and get himself into debtor's prison. He was released from debtor's prison by his publishers, and then the and then the Masons went to him and said, don't write the book. And he went, I'm going to write the book. And that's when things start to get a little bit hairy. This is when you can actually say that maybe there's something to those Masonic conspiracy theories. Because uh, every time William Morgan would get out of jail, somebody would come forward and have him charged with another debtor's crime. And this was completely believable and also possibly completely true. So William Morgan just got thrown in jail over and over again. And then finally, uh, one night, so the story goes from the anti-Masons... So the story goes, William Morgan was uh, bailed out of jail by his wife, put into the back of a carriage, and was never seen again <gasps> in 1826. Uh, the Masons claim that they offered him $500 to leave the country and shut up. This guy's getting offered a lot of money. Yes. Um, the anti-Masons claim that he was uh, taken out onto the Niagara River and dumped overboard with a sack of rocks tied to him. I gotta be honest, I kind of side with the Masons on this one, just purely on the fact that Morgan was such a consistent <laughs> liar. Um, you know, and such a scumbag of a dude. Yeah, just like, just like, take take your 500 bucks and get the hell out and never bother us and again. And the thing is, the, the thing is before this even, they've been like, look, we'll give you money, we'll give you a, a, like a, a homestead up in Canada, your family can go there, just go away. And he wouldn't do it. But he also was never going to write the book, he was a con man. He was always trying to leverage himself Writing to something books else. Writing takes work. So, for him, you know, he could leverage the book indefinitely. Mm -hmm. You can't leverage a homestead. Um, also, there was a good chance in his mind that if he went to the homestead, then Masons would come up and kill him. Um, which... Masons don't kill. We're not supposed to. We're not supposed to. 
I'm not saying it's impossible, but we're not supposed to, you know. Um, so you understand the point. Uh, but yeah, so the more this is this is referred to as the Morgan affair, and it's important because people who didn't like Freemasonry, primarily people who had to run against them for political office, because Freemasons are so good at networking that it was very difficult to beat a Freemason who was running for office. There have been ten U.S. presidents who were Freemasons. Uh, including George Washington, who I, before the end of the show, before we get to the Q&A section, I will le- read you a couple of letters from him to a man uh, asking him about masonry and the Illuminati. But Morgan's disappearance led to the rise of the anti-Masonic movement in the United States, which actually built the first uh, party to rival the Democrats prior to the Republicans, which was the anti-Masonic party, because so many Democrats were Masons. Um <laughs> So many Whigs were also Masons, Mm -hmm. but the Democrats were, at the time, the dominant political party. Uh, So the Anti-Masonic Party was founded and actually won several elections. I don't think they ever put a president in office, but they did win several elections. They did, I believe, cause the Democrats to lose um, to... I don't think it was Lincoln. It was someone else that they split the vote and ended up... uh, Maybe it was Lincoln. I think it was Lincoln. Um, I might be wrong about that, though. But uh, I know they supported the, um, they supported one of the Democratic candidates in 1860. Uh, again, and as a result, the Masonic Democrat and the anti-Masonic Democrat ended up splitting the vote, and Lincoln had the plurality and ended up winning, which was not great for the Democrats at the time. Um, kind of led to a pretty major war. Uh, there was that big war that happened. Yes, there was that big war that happened, which is to this day shocking to me that it's not taught as like a war between Republicans and Democrats. The war of Northern Aggression. Oh I just have to, I, I can't help but yeah. do that accent. I love it. I, I can't believe they call it that. <laughs> like, that's it's my favorite, yeah. Astonishing to oh me. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah, we seceded and we shot artillery at your fort. You were the aggressor. If I have any viewers from the South, I don't dislike you. I just dislike your education system. Um, no, my, um, my my elderly neighbor growing up, she was um, from the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love her like a grandmother. And yeah, she just had the yeah. best, the best stories. Also, did we find out uh, how much money that was? Did find out. Um, according to officialdata.org, uh, there is a negative 7.87 inflation rate to apply to the year of 1820. So $500,000 back then would be about $12 million today. Sheesh. <laughs> Sheesh. What I would do with $12 million. I don't know what I would do with $12 million. It's actually a lot of money. I have no clue how I would handle that much money in my bank account. Buy a house? What? <laughs> I said buy a house. <laughs> Maybe just one well, house. We know what you would do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, buy a house. Probably also another car. Get Archie some friends. Oh my goodness. Yeah, like more Archies. Archie oh my god. Oh, um, imagine a herd. A herd of Archies. Archies. Oh, and, uh, whew, man, there was even stuff I wanted to get to in this, but we'll have to hit it on our, our video on Satanism that's coming up. Um, <laughs> yeah, because uh, Alistair Crowley, people will probably ask about it in the Q&A, so I'll probably have a chance to talk about it. All right. Um, so, but I want to f- finish up the actual, 
you know, talk session of the show by reading to you uh, a letter from a um, G.W. Snyder to George Washington in... Um, from one G.W. to yes. another G.W. So, uh, without further ado, Sir, you will, I hope, not think it a presumption in a stranger whose name perhaps never reached your ears to address himself to you, the commanding general of a great nation. That's one sentence, by the way. I really hate 18th century documents. <laughs> Uh, I am a German, born and liberally educated in the city of Heidelberg in the Palatinate of the Rhine. I came to this country in 1776 and felt soon after my arrival a close attachment to the liberty for which these confederated states then struggled. So this this entire section is a spe- essentially him being like, I'm, I really love the American ideals, which of course are Masonic ideals. Um, mm-hmm. Because the people who founded the country were Masons. Um, Almost entirely, yeah. So... That's when, uh, so he did, and he says, I do heartily despise all the cavils of infidelity. Um, our present time, pregnant with the most shocking events and calamities, threatens ruin to our liberty and government. And then he goes on to say, It was some time since that a book fell into my hands entitled Proofs of a Conspiracy by John Robeson, which gives a full account of a society of Freemasons that distinguishes itself by the name of Illuminati. So that's an important one here, because everyone's like, oh, the Freemasons are part of the Illuminati. Contemporary documents from the time that the Illuminati actually came to be say that it was a society of Freemasons distinguishing itself as the Illuminati. So it was not, it is the other way around. It is that the Freemasons existed first and the Illuminati sprouted out of them. Um, Okay, so it distinguished itself by the name of Illuminati, whose plan is to overthrow all government and all religion, even natural, and who endeavor to eradicate every idea of a supreme being and distinguish man from beast by his shape only. A thought suggested itself to me that some of the lodges in the United States might have caught the infection and might cooperate with the Illuminati or the Jacobin Club in France. Once again, the French ruining everything. Um, <laughs> no Fauché is mentioned by Robeson as a zealous member, and who can doubt Genet and Adé? Uh, have these not their confidants in this country? They use the same expressions and are generally men of no religion. Upon serious reflection, I was led to think that it might be within your power to prevent the horrid plan from corrupting the brethren of the English lodges over which you provide. The rest of this goes on to say, you know, I'll send you the, the book and all that. Uh, and this is Washington's first response to the letter, because Washington thought this was a little sus. Um, you know, he was, he was being careful. He wasn't sure. He was like, this, this could be a trap. Yeah. And he said, sir, many apologies are due to you for my not acknowledging the receipt of your obliging favor for the 22nd and not thanking you at an earlier period for the book you had the goodness to send me. Again, one sentence. I have heard much of the nefarious and dangerous plan and doctrines of the Illuminati, but never saw the book until you were pleased to send it to me. The same causes which have prevented my acknowledging the receipt of your letter have prevented my reading the book, hitherto namely the multiplicity of matters which pressed upon me before. And the debilitated state in which I was left after a severe fever had been removed, and which allows me to add a little more now, than thanks for your kind wishes and favorable sentiments, except to correct an error you have run into of my presiding over the English lodges in this country." The fact is, I preside over none, nor have I been in one more than once or twice within the last 30 years. I believe, notwithstanding, that none of the lodges in this country are contaminated with the principles ascribed to the Society of the Illuminati. Ooh. I just... That is a damning indictment of the Illuminati. I just have to say, I love the fact that George Washington started off 
um, his letter with, like, sorry it took me a minute to get back to you, because that's how I start most of my text messages to people. So you're George Washington is what you're saying. Basically, I mean, it's it's nice that things, you know, carry through time. (laughs) Hey, I know you sent me something to read, and also, like, you sent me this note a while ago, and, uh, yeah, I'm sorry it's taking me this long to get back to you. (laughs) I'm sorry, I was busy running the country. all of my work emails. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, uh, just to to kind of paraphrase this so people understand, what George was saying is that uh, he has heard of the Illuminati. Yeah. He doesn't like them. Right. And also, he was not in charge of Freemasonry. Yeah, he doesn't know anything about Freemasonry. He's like... Oh, no, he, he was a Mason. Yeah, but he said he's only been in a lodge, like, once or twice in the last 30 years. Yeah. once. There's no way, which, right? There's no way. He'd probably been more than that, but the, the point is, you got to remember what was going on the last 30 years of his life at this point. What was this towards the end? Uh, well, 1797, I believe, was uh, when these letters were written. Okay. Um, but I just want to pull up part of this Bible that I can show you is this wonderful illustration of our first president. Um... Isn't that cool? It's my favorite. Isn't that nice? It says, uh, the fatherhood of God, the brotherhood of man. So it's it's chock full of the symbols. Oh yeah, it's great. Um so Washington's response was essentially, yeah, the Illuminati, they're real. I don't like them, and I am confident that American Freemasonry, what they that's what they meant by English lodges, mm-hmm. rather. So York Wright Masonry, I should say specifically. He was saying that York Wright Masonry, as far as he knows has not been contaminated by the Illuminati, which says one of two things. A, uh, either he was not part of or was not in contact with Scottish Rite Freemasonry, mm-hmm. or that he couldn't confirm nor deny that Scottish Rite Freemasonry had a problem with the Illuminati. Gotcha. Um, I, don't, I don't think the Scottish Rite Masons have anything to do with the Illuminati, but interestingly enough, whenever people think that Freemasonry is somehow Satanist, they always talk about 33rd degrees, and that's Scottish right? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> um, you know, maybe they are onto something, but I will find that out. The main reason I intend to become uh, a, a 32nd degree mason is so that I can finally put all this to bed. Um, which, of course, what does it matter? I'm going to do it, I'm going to get there, and I'm going to say there's no Satanism. People are going to be like, well, that's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> that would be probably what you're supposed to say. I mean, yeah, I know. Have, have you talked to any, you know, 32nd degree mm-hmm. And Almost they, everybody in my lodge is a 32nd degree. Wow. And you ask them, is there Satanism? Mm-hmm. And they say no? Yeah. I was like, is there a point here where I'm going to have to, like, renounce my religion and pledge allegiance to Lucifer? And they were like, no. Nah. Like, okay, cool. That's basically how the conversation went. Um, and that was with the guy who's currently our worshipful master. So, uh, Washington's second response to this letter. Oh, he, he followed up. He followed up. He circled back. He says, Reverend Sir... I have your favor of the 17th instant before me, and my only motive to trouble you with the receipt of this letter is to explain and correct a mistake which I perceive the hurry in which I am obliged often to write letters have led you into. Oh. Again, run-on sentences. Um, It was not my intention to doubt that the doctrines of the Illuminati and principles of Jacobism had not spread in the United States. On the contrary, no one is more fully satisfied of this fact than I am. Um... The idea I meant to convey was that I did not believe that the lodges of Freemasons in this country had, as societies, 
endeavored to propagate the diabolical tenets of the first or the pernicious principles of the latter, if they are susceptible of separation. So the Illuminati and the Jacobites. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That individuals of them may have done it, or that the founder or instrument employed to found the democratic societies in the United States may have had these objects and actually had a separation of the people from their government in view is too evident to be questioned. My occupations are such that but little leisure to, is allowed me to read newspapers or books of any kind. The reading and the reading of letters and preparing answers absorb much of my time. So I think that one is more interesting than the first one. Because the first one, he's very dismissive. He's like, not a problem. Mm-hmm. The second one... He's like, this could be... this. It is a problem. Well, also, translating this, this into 21st century English, and what you get is, like what conspiracy theorists sound like um (laughs) which makes you wonder if they might be right um but i just find it uh i find it very interesting because he's he's much less he's still denying that it's like overtaken Mm -hmm. masonry in the united states but he's much less certain about it and he's you know He's basically acknowledging that there are bad actors. Right. And that but there he's are still people... very anti-Illuminati. Yes, very anti-Illuminati. So, the question then becomes, you know, well, you know, maybe maybe in the years since the Illuminati became, you know, it like overtook the Masons. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, hold in there. there is a specific uh, time at which the Illuminati idea rose out of uh, obscurity again. It was in the 1960s. Really? When a couple of jokesters decided they were going to write uh, letters to the editor of Playboy magazine claiming to be Freemasons and exposing everything they knew about how the Masons were actually the Illuminati. Playboy. Yes, Playboy. Um, All right. And how, you know, they, they were going to play this prank on the Masons, basically. Unfortunately, the, the prank went way too far, and now people believe that these letters they wrote and admitted to being a joke... In the 1960s, they used that as evidence. So that's where a lot of the more pernicious myths of the day come from. But it is 8.05 p.m., and you all know what that means. It's Super Chat time. Super Chats! But really quickly, I'm going to go over to YouTube myself and pull up your scat over here. Okay, over where? Where's the live stream? Where's the live stream? Trying to find it on YouTube. There it is. Oh my gosh. Oh, the delay. Yeah, there's a little bit of delay, but I want you to be able to see like you know what's going on. Alright, so anyway. Oh, new, <laughs> new donation goals, send Aiden to France. Yes. New donation goals, send Aiden to Ohio. <laughs> I do want to thank Jeep Medic and Plaz for uh, joining as members of the of the show. Uh, that's fantastic. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm scrolling through. Uh, Freya Odin, your husband's a Freemason? Based on your username, I gotta ask, um, if you're still there, is, is your husband a Norse pagan? And if he is, I'm curious how he actually pulled it off. Because I've, I've heard of it happening, but I've never, like, seen it in person. I've never met one in person. Um, let's see. Praise be the old gods. 
We were talking about pagan stuff. Temp, uh, Plaz says, Temple of Solomon is probably where all the alleged demon influence comes from. Ars Gosha is one of the more well-known books of demonology with alleged ties to Solomon. Yeah, Solomon's an interesting case because he was an idolater and he did worship uh, Asherah and Kamash and um, I think Baal. Hmm. He, he raised monuments to all of them in the temple, um, which God was like, hey, um, can you not? And he was like, I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> and this is the wise one. Uh, let's see. Um, Plaz says that Batavia isn't too far from uh, them. Yo, upstate New York friends. Becca said, uh, a herd of dogs is my ultimate life goal. I believe that. Um, Ratman said, I have the same birthday as Washington. Congratulations. Um, does the name Lore Lodge stem from Freemasonry? Yes, actually. Does it really? Yeah. <laughs> does it really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I remember when I started, so the, 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 the Lore Lodge thing comes out of uh, when I first had got my first few thousand followers on TikTok. I, I think I got to like 50,000. And my, my friends were like, oh, are you going to go out to LA and like join one of those TikToker houses? Like making <gasps> yes. fun of me because it was only 50,000. It wasn't a ton of people. Like, but, you know, they, they were making fun of me for it. And I was like, ah, I couldn't call it like the, the I couldn't go to the Hype House. I'd have to like call it like, I don't know, like a, well, the Lore Lodge. And, um, you know, I think, I wouldn't say it's directly tied, but I think the reason that the word lodge was in my mind is because I was actively becoming a Freemason at the time. At the lodge. Uh, so yeah, uh, Imaginary sent a super chat for a hundred dollars and didn't say anything. So thank you, Imaginary. I appreciate you. That's one of our Patreon subscribers. Oh my I, goodness. Uh, thank made a video you. for, for them. Um, the Imaginary actually asked for a video, a TikTok video on the, the Michigan dog man, which I did. But I have very fun news for you. I on Saturday, it was supposed to be this past Saturday, but uh, Tech Aiden had some some stuff to do, so he wasn't able to get it finished. Uh, but this Saturday coming up, we will have probably a 20, 25 minute video on the Michigan Dogman for you. So, uh, oh my gosh! When when our patrons suggest videos, they get videos. Um, so I thank like you that. very much for the super chat. I very much appreciate you. Um, and uh, I'm just waiting for more questions to roll in at this point. I would have expected that, like, knowing that we have the, the the question and answer section of the show, there would have been more people who were like, "Tell me your secrets." Yeah. Oh, also, tell I can... me your secrets, secret man. Also, I totally <laughs> forgot to uh, put it in the Discord that the show was going live. But at this point, I would think my Discord would know what time the show is. I don't know, but um, Did well, I s- if nobody's asking questions, I guess I can. Uh, Ooh. Oh, hi, Mom. <laughs> Show Archie. I think Archie left the room. I do think he left the room. Um, do you want me to go hunt you him go? down? All right. You Archie. seem excited about this. Archie recovery duty. Archie! Come on in, good sir. Oh, Freya says even... that her husband has Norse ancestry but is not a pagan. Ancestry is traced back to King Ragnar. That's pretty cool. Uh, and he's a 32nd and will be a 33 this year. Wow. Con- congratulations to him on that, because that is not easy to do. Uh, Oak Island and the Freemasons. Oak Island is in the one with the really deep well they think there's treasure at the bottom of. If I'm thinking about the correct Oak Island, I'm going to... Uh... Oh, there's the boy. We got the boy. <laughs> I acquired. I'm showing him, Mom. Jeez. <laughs> 
It's the delay. Is that over there? Like, that's not where I need that to be. Okay, uh, Oak Island. I just gotta make sure I'm thinking of the right thing. Yes, this is the <laughs> island with the with the giant hole that nobody can get down to the bottom of. Oh, thank you, Mom. $50 to see Archie? Wow. That's, uh, it's intense. Yeah, so the Oak Island thing. Um, I very much want to go. That is my thought on it. I... Uh, yeah, it's not a well, but it's it's very it's a very deep hole in the ground. Where is it? Um, all right, let me pull up the uh, the page I just closed so we can go over this. I and mean, maybe this is a, something we can cover on the show. Um, so, uh, Oak Island. All right, let me uh, the Curse of Oak Island. If you want to hang out for a bit after the show, we can watch the uh, History Channel episode on it. Oh yeah. Um. Oak Island is a 57-hectare privately owned island in Lunenburg County on the south shore of Nova Scotia, Canada. Tree-covered island is one of about 360 small islands in Mahone Bay and rises to a maximum of 11 meters above sea level, 200 meters offshore, and connected to the mainland by a causeway and a gate. The nearest community is the rural community of Western Shore, which faces the island, while the nearest village is Chester. The island is best known for various theories about possible buried treasure or historical artifacts and the associated exploration. Now, this is the one place that I can even theorize that Templar treasure could be. And I was going to actually mention it, and I forgot the name of the island until just now. But, um, if I remember correctly, the Oak... Yeah, here we go. The Oak Island Mystery. Uh, been a subject of treasure hunters since the late 1700s, with rumors that Captain's kid, Captain Kidd's treasure was buried there. Uh, little evidence support went on during the uh, early excavations, um, but the theories going through, like, Mary Antoinette's jewels, uh, religious artifacts, manuscripts... Um, and uh, the treasure has also been prone to criticism by those who have dismissed search areas as natural phenomena. Now, I don't understand how you could refer to a uh, shaft that is more than 100 feet deep and perfectly round as uh, natural phenomena. Stuff but, just happens sometimes. Yeah, but it's uh, <laughs> it's known as the money pit. Um, who calls it the money pit? Everybody, I guess. Uh but according to Island Lore, it first drew the attention of a local teenager in 1795 who noticed an indentation in the ground and with some friends started to dig, only to find a man-made shaft featuring wooden platforms every 10 feet down to the 90-foot level of depth. What does this sound a lot like to you? That sounds just like that scene in National Treasure. Exactly. When they go down the rickety staircase and, and they have horribly to misuse the, the term status quo. And huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Such a good scene. Can we do a national treasure? I will. National treasure what? What do you mean? You said, can we do a national treasure? Yeah. Like, no, we... I mean, like, go there and. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. If I can get permission, absolutely. <laughs> There's also a formation of boulders called Nolan's Cross, named after a former treasure hunter with a theory on it and a triangle shaped swamp. <laughs> get out of me, swamp. Yeah. So, okay. After rereading about this, I, I we've got we've to gotta do a show on it. Um, the series has documented finds such as centuries-old coins, an antique brooch, and a lead cross that was allegedly made between 1200 and 1600 A.D. Interesting. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Um. Clifford, my guy, even you watching the show is, is support enough for, for us. We appreciate everybody who views the show, whether they can donate or not. I want, I want, I want you to know that you're heard. Um, I do genuinely appreciate it. Um. I'm just glad you watched the show. Makes me happy to know that we're uh, that we're that we're entertaining people. That's what really matters. Um, 
Noah Lee, are there currently any famous Masons? Well, what do you define as famous? Um, I am, I guess. Uh, but yes, I believe there's a number of them. Um, oh, no. Famous Freemasons 2021. So, famous Freemasons. This is Ranker. Um, so, Richard Pryor, uh, Clark Gable. These are a little bit older, but Jesse Jackson, Franklin Roosevelt, Oscar Wilde, John Wayne, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, Harry Houdini was a Mason, um, Mel Blanc, Charles Lindbergh, Voltaire. Is Beyonce a Mason? No, she's a woman. Um, <laughs> Thurgood Marshall was a Mason. Um, Mozart was a Mason. Mark Twain was a Mason. Glenn Ford was a Mason. Will Rogers was a Mason. Um, Is Will Smith a Mason? Oh, Nat King Cole was a Mason. Duke Ellington was a Mason. George Wallace was a Mason. Wow, two very famous black guys and then a very badly famous white guy. Um, <laughs> MacArthur was a Mason. Sugar Ray was a Mason. Michael Richards is a Mason. John Philip Sousa was a Mason. <laughs> Richard Kipling was a Mason. Actually, I've got some cool stories about Richard Kipling that I can tell you. Like, personally? <laughs> no, but, um, yeah. There, uh, Bob Feller, who is uh, Benedict Arnold, John Hancock, uh, Billy Wilder. There is evidence that Thomas Jefferson was an entered apprentice but never proceeded past that point. He's still a Mason, um, right? I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson might be a Freemason. Oh. Uh, Shaq is a Mason. Shaq is? Yeah. I think recently. Dang. This is weird. I'm doing my job and Aiden's job at the same time. It's actually very <laughs> difficult. Um, okay, well, Freemason Dwayne Wade sacrificing son for wealth. That's New York Daily News. That's fun. Um, The Rock Grand Masonic Grand Lodge of Mississippi Free and Accepted Masons Interesting um, Former NFLer Larry Johnson Accuses Freemason Dwayne Wade <laughs> Of sacrificing his son To the doctrines of demons Whoo Oh it's uh, It's because uh, Dwayne Wade's Um one of his children is uh, identifying as gender non-binary, I think. Um, so Freemasonry is actually uh, has a weird stance on um... okay, so the Rock himself is not a Mason, but is he a Mason? No, this is just a weird, like, inspirational article. Uh, yeah, but so um, Freemasonry in the United States does not accept trans men. Um, but, uh, the UK, the Grand Lodge of England, I believe, has now written that, uh, it will accept people who were men when they joined, but they will not, uh, revoke someone's membership if they become a woman. Hmm. The United States has not adjudicated that, to my understanding. Um, we also have far more lodges, Grand Lodges. We've got, uh, like Pennsylvania has its own, I think Maryland has its own. Uh, certain parts of uh, Texas has its own like you, you, it would be a lot harder mm -hmm. um, but yeah in in the United States I believe it would be I don't want to say I don't want to use this term but it would kind of be a, a don't ask don't tell kind of thing gotcha. where like if you didn't make a big deal of it um, and you joined while male while presenting as male um, you would probably be able to stay but it would I think you 
would face it would be a lot more on a case-by-case basis if you were a trans man than a trans woman gotcha um had that question a bunch of times plaz says uh super chat reminder to check out demon gate high a supernatural themed tabletop rpg i think you and people who like your content will enjoy i will absolutely write that down um that did you have a pen i don't i asked for a pen before we right you did ask for a pen um there's an entire pack of them over there somewhere i think next to the strongest concordance next to what strongest concordance the book of enoch is on top of it Ah. wow that is just a hell of a (laughs) what yeah uh, just underneath the book of uh enoch next to strongest concordance um go check that out uh it's a money pit because all the money has been spent but nothing found yeah (laughs) Uh, new donation goal. Send Aiden to Oak Island to make him do a Nick Cage impression. I yes! will do that for free. Yes! Well, I need somebody to actually, you know, give me the money to get there. The but, um, yeah, Nova the finance Scotia. the trip. Yeah. Nova Scotia can't be too expensive to get to. Um, let's see. Uh, so we'll watch that, uh, tonight. Um, there's also a webcomic for, uh, Demon Gate High. I'll check it out. Nice, nice, um, nice. Clifford Horn says you're awesome. Thank you, man. Um... <laughs> Noah's, Noah said, TBH, I mostly asked hoping you'd say yourself. <laughs> uh, uh, Kipper says, wish I could know, but I do appreciate all the content you make. And I appreciate that you're watching it. You know, just as long as you're smashing the like button. Give us give us that those, those sweet, sweet algorithm points. <laughs> uh, yo, what's the deal with Freemasons wanting to annihilate the Catholic Church? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the worshipful master of my lodge when I joined uh, was himself Catholic. Um, we do not want to annihilate the Catholic Church. Uh, it's more the other way around. The Catholic Church for a long time would uh, had a, a practice of if you became a Freemason, you were automatically excommunicated. The Pope didn't even actually have to issue the the letter. Mm-hmm. No, no bishop had to be involved. You just like if you became a Freemason, you were willfully being excommunicated. Dang. Um, auto like that. To my understanding, the church has revoked that, and it is no longer an issue. Uh, they frown upon it, but they're not going to, uh, you know, revoke your heaven card. Um, <laughs> you know, you're not losing your membership to the Book of Life. Mm-hmm. Make Archie howl. You realize that means I have to howl, right, Mom? Archie. All right, I'm gonna pick the boy up. Yeah, pick the boy up. Hang on. I have an idea of how we can do this without uh, destroying the room. Ready? some chewies later aren't you yeah i'm gonna give you a chewy you already have one babe you're gonna get more because you're a good boy <laughs> you <knocked> out <laughs> nah there's there's nothing in uh 
Freemason doctrine that says that the Catholic Church is is bad. Um, now, if you want the historian's perspective on is the Catholic Church bad, I will absolutely give it to you because I <laughs> I have opinions. <laughs> yes, correct. No thoughts. No thoughts in Archie's brain. Um, I gave him a bowl of food earlier, uh, and it was it was ground beef and ground turkey with carrots and sweet potato. And I uh, dumped it into his, his food bowl, and I put the other food bowl down uh, on top of something else. And I, I said, sit, and he sat while I poured it in. And then uh, I, I uh, put the other bowl up on a surface, and I said, okay, have at it. And Archie walked over to the empty bowl oh, that no. was above his head instead oh, of the full no. bowl that was right in front of him. Oh. <laughs> Little guy. Yeah. He's, uh... Not the brightest bulb in the drawer. Oh my gosh, what a what a what a guy, what a little man. Becca says solo says hi to Archie. Um, Such adorable, <laughs> he is. Oh, Whew. baby Archie, how that is. My mom's probably having a wine night in Charleston right now and deciding she misses Archie. Everyone's going to go on trips lately but me. Where do you want to go? I don't know. I don't care. Last place I went was State College. Which, like, was fun, but... I don't know. Mm. I want to go somewhere cool. Mm. Want to go to Oak Island? Let's go to Oak Island. (laughs) You said you've been wanting to go on vacation. (laughs) Do you want to go to Nova Scotia in March? (laughs) I'm like, I gotta go somewhere south. But honestly, if I go too far south, I will burn to a crisp. Yeah, same. This is, the, I mean, like, you on camera, you make me look tan, which is shocking. That's terrifying. Yeah. Because in real life, that's not the case at all. In real life, that's not the case. I think it's where we're sitting with the lights. Yeah, true, true. Um, I mean, I'm grateful for it, because uh, I, I don't look tan next to no one ever, but, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm a little I'm a little wary of going south of the yeah. Mason-Dixon line, but I don't want to go north, because it'd be Old in March. We can go west. So cold. Go west. <laughs> to east, but I mean, to be fair, due east of here is Portugal. Mm. Lisbon. Could sorry, go. sorry. Um, Bisbon. <laughs> <laughs> it took you a minute, but you got there. <laughs> um, uh, everyone in this town. Uh. <laughs> Come to Wisconsin. Oh, they do have cheese. I am a fan of cheese. Cheese would be nice. Cheese is nice. I do like cheese. And Wisconsin... Mm, but to get to Wisconsin, you have to drive through... <gasps> Don't uh, even say it. <sighs> shout out to... <laughs> okay, Mom. <laughs> uh, okay, would you recommend the Book of Enoch to someone raised Protestant and interested in Christian mysticism? I uh, absolutely, but um, here can I see my copy? Mm-hmm. Get this specific one. Um, I'm gonna try and order some copies of it wholesale and put them on the website. Uh, the reason I recommend this one is because the introduction and the preface are very good uh, at explaining what the Book of Enoch is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did a video on Enoch. 
but I don't know how good it is as an intro from an academic perspective. Just make sure when you read it, understand that it is not scripture. Um, and if you are, when it, if you are reading it as a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim, um, when it contradicts the scripture, take the scripture over the book of Enoch because the book of Enoch is apocryphal. We only have the English version through the Ethiopic version of the Greek version. Mm -hmm. The Greek original version is lost to time. We don't have it. We only have the Ethiopic and uh, the English is translated from that. So as a result, uh, you have to understand that this is probably not the most accurate translation you can get. This would be like translating the Bible. It, it, this would be like taking a 15th century German Bible and translating it directly into English. Mm -hmm. Not not even, because Ethiopic is nothing like Greek or English. So it would be like taking a Korean Bible and translating it into English. And that's and, the only basis you and have. And that's the only basis you have. Yeah, it's so. Um, but uh, somebody did say... I. Uh, Book of Enoch audiobook when um, I can make that a project. I can do a page or two each day. Uh, I'll speak in a nice, low, sultry voice. Mm -hmm. That radio voice? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, I should have Aiden or Norman do it because they have better uh, radio voices than I do. But let's see. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Debbie for watching the podcast for the first time. Hi, Debbie. I see uh, you and my mom are having a great time down there. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm jealous. Uh, cheese and beer in oh, Wisconsin. Sold. Sold. <laughs> um, Kipper1314 says, you should try the trails in Algonquin or Bruce Peninsula. Uh, they are great and scenic. I believe you mentioned flesh pedestrians have been rumored there. I will absolutely check that out. I need to take, uh, over the summer, I'm going to try and take a couple of uh, long weekends. I, I, I'm in a weird spot because now I have money but no time. Ah. Um, I used to have time but no money. Right. Uh, so, you know. But the nice thing is all of my actual bills are paid, so now I can use Lore Lodge money for Lore Lodge stuff instead of survival. Like three-day weekends. Exactly. Um, let's see. Uh, Mill Spec Spartan says, Pikes Peak in Colorado had some interesting Wendigo stories associated with it, including one from a friend of Hammerson Peters. He has a video talking about it on his channel. I will check that out. I have heard some weird stuff from uh, Colorado. Um, specifically some weird stories, which is interesting because Colorado is kind of straddling between, uh, Navajo and Algonquin. Um, it's kind of in the, in the, in the middle of them. Neither one is totally, uh, you know, dominant there. Mm -hmm. So, um, in fact, they're kind of just like, uh, I think it's the Pueblo nations had Colorado for a while. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so I will, I will definitely look into it. Um. Yes. Mom, how many times do I have to welcome Deb to the podcast tonight? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love my mother. <laughs> if you enjoy the show, you have heard of Fank. She brought me into this world and made me start reading when I was like two months old. So that's why I know most of the things I know. Uh, Becca says, and no Quaker liquor laws. That's a valid point. Pennsylvania. Nice. Pennsylvania, the land of uh, many alcohol laws and no gun laws. Um... <laughs> And no road maintenance. Yes. Whatsoever. Yeah. Um, 
You know, it's good that they picked one or the other with the alcohol or the gun laws, because I feel like if you had no gun laws and no alcohol laws, that could lead to some problems. What would you even have? Alcoholic weapons, I guess. <laughs> um, I do think, I want to start a... Uh, I feel like Texas. <laughs> I want to start a uh, cigar lounge called the ATF. Alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Mm. And uh, you you would do them in reverse order. You would not do the firearms at the end. Uh, but it would be a shooting range <laughs> oh, God. that has a cigar lounge attached to it. And you go to the shooting range first, and then the cigar lounge. You want to go to the cigar lounge first, and then shoot, and then have a drink at the end? Well, the point is that you don't drink and then shoot. So I guess you could... I guess the cigars in the shooting are interchangeable. The alcohol has is to be Is it that good. nice, like, nicotine hit? Calm your shaky hands. Oh if you have shaky hands when you're shooting, you, you need more practice. Um, hi, hello, you're back. Oh my gosh. Is he visible? Yeah, he is. Okay. Um, <gasps> Charleston, South Carolina has ghostly things. It does. Um, I'm planning to go down to Charleston for a little bit. I have some friends oh, to visit really? down there and... Um, you know, got ghost town stuff. Nice. The guy who got me into Freemasonry is uh lives in Charleston. He goes to Charleston Law School. Um, oh, so, nice. and uh, due to our Masonic oath of obligation, he is uh he's actually required to let me stay with him. I think. So, uh, <laughs> haha. Plas says I'd go to the ATF. I think we'd all go to the ATF. I think it'll be a, a fun place. It's a, it sounds pretty fun. Up up until the ATF raids the ATF. Um. <laughs> See, Kipper says, also a fun drive-by place near me is called Mapleton Cheese Store and Taxidermy. Mm. Cheese Store and... Mm. I, I don't like that combo. You I don't what? like that combination. <laughs> you know what's cute, though? Like, this... Like, I mean, I get the large animal taxidermy. I mean, gorgeous work. Phenomenal mm. artistry. But the small animal taxidermy where they've got, like, the squirrels <laughs> doing things... Mm-hmm. I find that very, very fun. Also, also definitely artistry, but like, yeah, it's 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 a different level. Oh. Hi. But, and in those cases, I would just hope that the squirrels died of natural causes, like they died of old age, surrounded by their squirrely family, and were able to pass away in their sweet squirrely sleep. You are such a girl. You are such a girl. <laughs> Why don't you shh? You're making noise. Um, Alright, well, uh, I'll give it a couple more minutes if any uh, if any super chats roll in, but other than that, uh, we might, uh, might, might end the show on time for once, but uh, yeah, we're, uh, if you got any more questions, feel free to send them in. But otherwise, I'm just going to scratch the dog. Um, and he probably needs to go outside. Aww. Look at him. You want to come back up for, for the end of the show? Come on. Come on. Here we go. Get your little boy. Be so happy. So happy at all times. And he looks so white under these lights. <laughs> so, so pure. Such a pure little boy. I love this dog. He loves you. Should bring the turtle sometime. Lola. Put her in a little dish. Oh. Sit her on the table. She would. I was gonna say she'd love that. She would probably not enjoy that, but 
She might tolerate it. They say, let the boy speak. He, he doesn't want to speak. <laughs> He's not saying anything. He's just sitting here. So peaceful. Is masonry more religious or economic? Um, I wouldn't say it's really either. Um, so I want to be very clear. Freemasonry is not a religion. Right. Um, and you're banned from talking about... We are not allowed to discuss religion in the Lodge. Right. Um, or politics. Uh, so it is not a religion. That said, lots of religious symbolism... Um, I took all my oaths on a Bible. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's, while it's not a religion, it does, uh, very heavily cling to religion. Mm -hmm. Um, but in a positive way. It's not a proselytizing thing. Mm -hmm. Um, really, what, what I compare it to, honestly, a, a lot of the times it's, it's a lot like Judaism. Um, it's like secular Judaism. Is a religion, but the more like the community aspect of it. So if you if you read the Old Testament, there's the religious aspects, and then there's community aspects, and there's history aspects. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, part of the reason that the Jews survived as long as they have is that they have become very good at protecting their own communities and helping one another, and all, all these very positive aspects of community that like you you associate with like if if you remember, uh, I'm I'm gonna do the meme. I'm gonna bring up bowling alone. You remember that from uh, your U.S. history course, but uh, basically all the you know think 1950s, like how communities actually did things together. Mm -hmm. Like you had you went bowling and you went to the the ice cream parlor and people they didn't have cell phones they didn't have the internet you went to the drive-in like you did stuff together. It's kind of like that, but expand it to all walks of life. Mm -hmm. um, so if one of if someone in your lodge needs help with something, whether it's medical expenses or they lost their job or something like that. They need a place um, to crash in Charleston. Yeah, within within the bounds of not putting yourself at yourself or your family at any detriment, um, you are obligated to help them. Okay. So if a fellow Mason came to me and said, "I lost my job," um, you know, I'm out all day searching for another one. You know, I know you work from home. Could you watch uh, my dog? Like, yes, automatically. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, someone's, uh, wife is sick and in the hospital. It would not even be a question. It's as a group, who's cooking which night? Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of thing. So as long as it's not at a detriment to others in the lodge, you are not to others. In the lodge. As long as it's not a detriment to yourself, you're obligated to help. Um, so in that way, it's economic. Mm -hmm. And in the way of it's a bunch of men who are all faithful coming together to, um, help one another as men, it's religious, but it's not really centered around either one. It really is entirely about making your own community stronger and more resilient. Gotcha. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, more philosophical, I guess. Yeah. Uh, no religion or politics. Freemasonry sounds kind of based. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, Swamp Dweller. How, hey, my guy. It's nice to see you here. I appreciate you hopping on the stream for a second. Uh, hello, I am Shrekafarian. We pray to Shrek too. DVD every third hour of the day. I love it. I respect it. If you believe, I think. Would that qualify you, as a higher being? 
higher power. If you went in and you were dead serious about it, <laughs> you were like, I absolutely 100% believe that the universe was created by Shrek. And you believed it. You weren't just saying it for the meme. If you believed it, I think we'd let you in. Um, let's see. Uh, what are the belief parameters to be a Freemason? Do you have to believe in a higher being? Yes. Um, well, for yours. For your for, for the ancient For the ancient order of free and accepted Masons, yes. And... Is that also the same for the free and accepted masons? Yes, right? it's all the same thing. Okay. There's ancient order of free and accepted masons, free and accepted masons, Freemasons. Those terms are all synonymous. Right. Um, things like co-masons those and continental Freemasonry, those are different. Mm -hmm. um, and they're both uh, basically French revolutionized Freemasonry. Um, you know, in that, because the... And this is something I talk about when I when I talk about history of people and the history of like politics in the United States and Europe is how people like to use the terms left and right and talk about how everything in the U.S. is right of Europe and it's like well we're talking about different rights and lefts here like we like American right is like you know religious libertarian like ideals and European right is like authoritarian and you know mm. still mm -hmm. traditionalist but not necessarily religious like, like more monarchy yeah and, yeah like, and french le like the the left comes out of like french revolution ideals like in, in the united states it, it's entirely something else like um so yeah it, it's got to be very that's funny those french revolution ideals right fraternite egalite liberté yeah th that was originally a mason mm -hmm phrase mm -hmm. very fun very interesting they took all the all, all the good parts and then added their <laughs> own whack stuff um would you allow a member of the knights templar to join you guys so uh the freemasons are the only organization in the world who has a legitimate claim to the title of knights templar um it is the oldest claim after the actual destruction of the Templar Order. Mm -hmm. uh, and I believe we've had Templars since the 1700s. Um, so the only way to become a, uh, a member of the Order of the Knights Templar without basically just yelling into the void that you are one is to become a Freemason. Um, the Catholic Church hates that. <laughs> but also they kind of lost all claim to the Templars when they killed them. Not not all of them. Not just all of them, them, just most of them in France. Yes. See, you you listen. <laughs> you I heard do. me. I do. Hi. Yes, hello. Are you telling me you want to go outside? Okay. Alright, well, uh, the dog must be taken care of, so thank you so much to everybody who stopped by. Really appreciate it. Uh, we'll have a video out on Saturday. We will have a video out on Tuesday. We should have a video out on Wednesday, but that'll just be audio. So we'll have an audio out on Wednesday. And uh, starting next week, the Lore Lodge official podcast will be on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. instead of Mondays. Because if I'm being honest, two people working 40-hour week jobs have a lot of difficulty having any energy on Monday night. So, you know, it used to be that since I was doing this full-time, I could kind of like, you know, whip Aiden up into 
into some energetic nonsense for an hour and a half, but no longer. You lift me up tonight. I work a I work a full time job. Same. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is the coffee. <laughs> it was it was entirely the coffee. Right. Uh. <laughs> uh, but uh, all right. My mom asked, "How do you demonstrate belief?" Uh, I can't tell you. Bye, guys. <laughs>